0: Everton, first team. Thank you so much for joining me and Kayla today. Um, we're just going to have our little little tour on Cayman Airways. Could you just please introduce yourself and the, the team that you're currently work with and, and the work that you do right now?
1: Everton Stewart, um, currently the senior manager for IT at Cayman Airways, uh, responsible for all the IT integrations, implementations, and uh, airline solutions systems. The Pregnant Flyer team, or loyalty team, is a separate department from myself, but due to the high integration with IT, I am involved in a lot of their projects. The IT at Kim and Airways is actually currently only three persons that support the entire organization, and it's outstation. Um, I've been with the company since uh, 1998, uh, started as a Communications technician, and moved up to network administrator, systems manager, and now senior manager of IT.
0: You've uh, you've seen it all, then, in, in many ways, Everton.
1: Yes, and I am now in the unfortunate, or I don't know, envious position, I guess, that any IT problems can be laid squarely at my feet because I implemented it from day one, and I am now having to to support it. So, yes.
0: Is your typical day in, in many different departments and different worlds because, of, as you said, you're the IT man who, who put it in place?
1: Pretty much so. So unlike most uh, large organizations where their IT is very segmented, our structure is very flat. So it's not uncommon for the senior manager of IT to be crawling underneath their desk, plugging in their cable, just because we have such a short man, manpower. So we do
0: everything. Twenty twenty plus years, so congratulations on that. How um, and is it? We, we probably spend the whole hour just talking about all the different changes you've seen. But how um, what sort of some of the biggest things you've seen since I guess yeah ninety eight is it? Is it has it came and grown generally as an airline? Is it is um has there been a different shift to perhaps more international travel? What's just some of the broader changes you've seen in those 20 years just sure
1: so so certainly from an airline perspective you know um back in 98 when I first joined the company the internet was sort of just being introduced into the company not everybody didn't have an email address you know the marketing team and the engineering team one person in each had an email account that's what I I inherited there the typewriters were still on desks and so, and then on the airline side, you know, paper tickets was, was the norm. The, the loyalty system for us had just started to, to come about. I mean, it was already there when I joined in 98, but it was in its fledgling stages. And so then we've moved away into the, oh, and of course, dump terminals. One of the greatest <laughs> changes in the IT world, I'm happy to say, is get rid of. Our dump terminals, these were these green screen machines that were at the airport that when I came into the world, I said, I can't believe people still use this. Coming from a straight IT role into the airline world, I was introduced to dot matrix printers and dump terminals just thought had been eradicated from the 80s. So now we're moving to a more modern world with electronic tickets, um, electronic documents, and a lot more automation in the systems, um, a lot more reliance on loyalty, and and generally, yes, the airline has grown. We've changed destinations. Our fleet has changed many times over the years. Um, as I've introduced technology to the the company as a whole, that has only wrecked up the demand and the need of people adopt technology and, and branch out again, which leads us into the cheetah world, which is we want more from our larger system, and and that brought us here.
0: Yeah, and um, we're lucky that we get the chat to you today. And um, final one, just on some uh, yeah the, the things that you've been through uh, yeah in your in your in your years of experience, when you've been looking to implement technology, um, is it have you taken an approach of trying to make it sort of what's better or easier for a customer, or is it sort of looking for make making things easier as a business behind closed doors? You know putting systems in place or was it really just actually just modernizing uh, did you ever have like a particular focus
1: it almost has to serve two purposes and if it is strictly a customer friendly implementation then there has to be some benefit to the organization as a whole as well so yes we can make the process simpler for the employees but maybe by doing so it reduces some of the workload for the, the loyalty team, because again, just like IT is a, a very small department, the loyalty team is also a very small department. You know, I think our loyalty team right now is, I think, three persons. So, so, so we tend to tend look at it at the middle of the road, which is we want to simplify processes internally. We want to add functionality and expose uh, more for the customer. And if we can hit those two, then I, you know, we, we call it a win. If there is, if, if there's no, if we're just doing it for the sake of technology, then we usually take a step back then because then we're just in, in, introducing complexity for no apparent reason.
0: Who are Cayman typically serving as a, as a customer base?
1: So just to set the stage a little bit, just to understand. So the Cayman Islands is three islands with uh, Grand Cayman being the largest, Cayman Brac being the second like, largest and then Little Cayman being quite small, right? Little Cayman. And and across all three islands, we have roughly 60 to 65,000 persons um, resident on the island. We have a large work permit population uh, coming in primarily from Jamaica, the US, Canada, and the uh, Philippines, and also the UK. We are a British overseas territory. So we, we fall under Britain. We've got the governor appointed by the queen. We, uh, we have our own government that handles the laws and security of the islands. So now that being said, we are primarily a tourism destination. Um, Majority of our tourists do come from the US. Um, We've got service from all the major airlines, um, American, Delta, JetBlue, uh, Southwest, you know, pretty much coming in from all over the US. And then of course we've got international flights from Canada and the United Kingdom. Yeah, so I mean with all of that population, how has COVID really impacted the way that you guys are operating? So pre-COVID, a lot of, we have two sort of segments. We've got the Cayman Islands population who travel to the US quite regularly. So because we're fairly small, we are uniquely situated almost one hour from most popular destination, one hour from Cuba, one hour from Florida, you know, one hour from Jamaica, one hour from Honduras. And those are the markets that we serve. So we have that domestic market that, you know, travels regularly. And then we have the yep. tourism market now where we then have people coming in from the colder climates. They want this vacation somewhere safe somewhere warm. There's a financial market side of things. What do you, you can't watch a John Grisham uh, movie without the word Cayman's coming up. And so, <laughs> uh, and every time it happens, I'm pretty sure that our island collectively shakes their head. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we have that the financial sector coming in, especially, so we have flights out of New York that, that feeds that, that market as well. So pretty much, so when they came out, we we closed down, I guess, fairly early when we, when the COVID pandemic started, you know, becoming global. So I think at the end of March, towards the end of March, the government closed our borders and that immediate shutdown, no more flying for Cayman Airways. So I think for the period of uh, end of March, April, May, you know, we were pretty much grounded. And then once they got a handle on the virus, somewhat on the islands, they then allowed persons that were stranded here either for vacation or people who, due to the nature of us being shut down, their jobs were no longer available to them and they wanted to return home. They started setting up uh, repatriation flights. So So that's that's pretty much it. So it's, it's been fairly small compared to when you're having five, 10 flights per day Now, because of our early shutdown and because our government has actually done quite a good job in managing the coronavirus uh, pandemic, um, we are almost free of the virus on island. It's not gone. It's still there, you know, lurking, but it's at such a low level. We don't have a a huge community. We don't have any community transmission at the moment. So we've we've re-engaged the domestic market. So now we have people that are traveling between the three islands. The government has been, the Department of Tourism has also been pushing local staycations. So we find that travel between the three islands has certainly increased as people are traveling to Little Cayman and Cayman Brac as their getaways now since they can't yeah. travel to the US or UK for their, their normal vacation.
0: Everton, what, what have you guys looked for in the past as the sort of the, the foundations to a successful loyalty program before obviously all the changes that happened with COVID and, and everything. What, what, what was successful when it came to you guys thinking about loyalty in a broader scheme for your international travelers as well?
1: So one of the things that you have to understand is that because the, the residents that came around, they, they travel quite frequently, travel quite regularly kids go to school abroad in the US and Canada and the UK. So they are familiar with what the other airlines have to offer. So they, 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 you know, they're used to the American, the Delta, the United. So when they're traveling in communities, they also want that same level of service, support, technology. So that being said, when we, when we started the loyalty system, it initially started out of a way just to reward our frequent travelers. And so it was a bit for them to earn miles. And I believe in the beginning it was one of the most generous miles systems in the industry, I think, but that's what it started out as for them to earn miles and to be able to use those miles to you know, earn a, a free ticket, so to speak. And, and that's sort of what we've, we've grown out of now. As technology has changed, you know, we, we needed our, our logic system now to be able to do things like segmentation, to be able to track more points uh, of contact. You know multiple things, you know. Yes, it's a family of four. We now need to know that you know, they' are one group, and not necessarily four separate accounts. Yes, we see them as separate accounts, but we need to also know that they're part of one group as well. And, and so, like, one of those things that came out from that sort of um, segmentation is that we then allowed persons to transfer points. So, fine, you need, you need 8,000 miles to purchase your ticket. You only have 5,000. I've got 3,000 to spare, 2,000 to spare. I can transfer those points to your account, and then you can purchase those free tickets. So, we allow that to happen. Within the, the family unit, and then we said, branch that out to do that to anybody. <laughs> you know, harass your friend, get his miles. Um, but but then we also wanted our loyalty system to be able to communicate with the customer. We want to be able to not just push out a newsletter, or I'm sorry, not just push out their statement. But we want to send them out, you know, newsletters, specials, what's happening. You know, hey, you know, we've got a special coming up and to reward them for being frequent flyer customers, when we do have specials going on, we, we send it to them first. Okay, hey, because there are usually only so many seats available on the aircraft that we're going to put into that special bucket. So once they're gone, they're gone. So we send it to our freaking Flyers first as another show of thanks to say, hey, you guys this first pick. You want to travel? Go right ahead. You want to use your miles? Go right ahead. And... And so that's kind of where we've we've evolved into. And then, you know, one of the one of the issues that we've had with our previous loyalty system before we migrated to Cheetah was that it it almost came out from the mainframe days, and they've sort of built in a web front end to the front of it. So it was very complicated to set up campaigns. It was very complicated to make changes. You know, we almost had to be reaching out to them to sort of help us to do it sometimes. And certain things just weren't in there. If we wanted it, it had to be developed for us and that was costly. So we want something that, you know, yes, if that change has to be made, it needs to be quick. We need a backend underlying database. This is my IT showing now. The database system on the backend needs to be quick (laughs) and easy to, to make changes, you know, almost real time and we want to create a new report. We want to be able to segment the list without having to go in and recreate everything almost from scratch. So that's where we're at now. And then we also, again, want to be able to communicate and interact with that customer get the feedback and, and work with them.
0: You know, it's great to hear someone like yourself who does have small teams is, is feeling more empowered with, with different technologies.
1: One of the questions that I had is when you're doing all of these rewards and um like you're able to buy miles all that stuff have you figured out kind of which offers work the best i'll i'll say it. yes and no um we're, we're always tweaking the system it's 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 never the same way for too long um mm-hmm. so one of the things that we did when we made the migration to the cheetah was we we did revamp the system a little bit we we moved away from round trip miles which is something that we used to do before where is that you know the miles were accrued on a round trip basis we moved then moved to, to one-way miles so it made it a lot easier for customers now to use their miles just for one way and they can buy a ticket under return if that's what they want or just do two to one way so so we made these sort of changes because again that was feedback from customers it also Simplify things a lot for us. I remember that middle of the road I was talking about, this was one of those changes where it benefited us by simplifying the system. It benefited the customer by making it easier for them to use their miles. So Instead of having to get 16,000 miles to purchase a round trip ticket, now they could use 8,000 and just do a one way. So we, we've made those sort of small tweaks to the system. Another change that we made with, with the cheat implementation was that we then gave the customer the ability to purchase their miles online. That was something that we've always wanted to do, but didn't have the, the capability to do with the previous system without a huge development uh, cost behind it. So, now previously, it was a very cumbersome process. They would have to call our reservation center, they'd have to fax us or email us a copy of their ID to prove it was them. A letter saying yes, I want to transfer miles to this person or purchase these miles. And then they'd wait 24 to 48 hours before they could be manually added to their account. Now with the cheetah system, they go online, they purchase it right away, boom, it's in their account within within seconds. They log on online and they purchase their tickets and they can literally go to the airport the next day and, and hop to their destination. So we, we've made minor tweaks that way in um, in, in the broader sense of marketing to the, to the loyalty crowd. That is, I think, where we are still learning, we're still tweaking, and that's one of the things we hope to be able to achieve better segregation on which to achieve the marketing platform, to be able to segregate our lists into a, a that deeper layer. Right now, we have it at a very broad level, which is by destinations that the customer is interested in. We obviously see what our loyalty members book. We see how how far in advance they book, and so we know we know the popular routes. We know you know we know what works. And so, when we see a slump in the booking levels, and we want to you know reward our loyalty members, and we want to put a special in, we know what sort of routes and combination of routes really tweak their interest so it doesn't make sense offering a reward you know traveling to Kim and Brack if that's not one of the, the key points but you know you put in a, a frequent flyer to miami you know and i mean if you bundle it with maybe a, even a, a car rental discount then great you know you have a huge uptick in in sales for the period of that promotion
0: we know where they're booking and how long in advance, their booking, and from that we can then think about, you know, some certain offers or how to handle a slump. So is that is absolutely fascinating. So it's a, it's, a, it's a great sure. answer.
1: I'm I'm going to give you a classic um, failure point, for example. You know, you know, we 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 partner with the local Department of Tourism quite regularly. Um, you know, they'll come to us and say, hey, you know, we would love to offer summer promotion. You know, with something that they are planning to advertise in their jurisdiction. And sometimes we'll have to say to them, you know, that won't necessarily work. Um, sometimes we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll say, sure, we'll go ahead, we'll put it out there, but, you know, we can tell right now from the experience that this probably won't work. Um,
0: Into the future, you know, with our cheery face on and our smiles again, what are some of the things that you would like to do to evolve the, the loyalty? program or just add different things to the technology options that you have with with the the loyalty program itself sure
1: so one of the things that perked up the ears of my marketing team when we first demoed the, the cheetah platform was the social media integration the ability to be able to you know, do a Facebook post, that Instagram post, and being able to track that, the response, and in in the Cyber Cheetah platform. That is one of the things that we want to definitely take advantage of, especially as we sort of gear up again into normal operations, you know, and we start marketing to people, hey, come back and revisit the Cayman Islands. You know, we want to be able to do... These sort of social media integrations and be able to track it and also to our loyalty customers, you know, we want you know to do the gamifications that is also built into the platform. You know, do different games, different puzzles, hey, you know, you know, invite a friend to join the program, earn a hundred miles, you know, take your favorite, you know, sunset photo, you know, earn a you know, earn 10 10 miles, whatever it might be. Just these different um, Snapshots, hashtags that we can do, and we can really engage with the, with the members and, and also potentially get additional members from that as well. Um, and as I'm, as I'm talking about members, you know, we, and we we're coming off the previous thing about segmentation. So we've got roughly uh, over 100,000 members in the system, but we only track about 44,000 of those as active. Members, and these are people who've had some sort of airline or flown activity in the past two years. And so, when we're looking at you know, we're not looking at so we we're targeting to 100,000 people necessarily, we're, we're hitting those 40,000 primarily. If we can get the other 50,000 or 60,000 to come back in to becoming an active member again, fantastic! Then it's a win, and I think that's great for us. And then of course it's reporting, Um, like I'm I'm showing you the, you know, watching the one of the things that we see quite easily um, with the Cheetah system is there's a lovely dashboard. And it's one of the areas where I where I live on regularly. I go in and I can see the how many people have signed up today, this week, last month. You know, what's the date? What's the date age breakdown? I you know you're, you're always watching to see. Does this change gradually? You know, if you suddenly see that there's suddenly an uptick in, you know, 20 to 30 year olds, you know, (laughs) your 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 marketing strategy definitely definitely might need a change around that. Versus, you know, where we've always been into that sort of 40 to 50 bracket, you know. So we we target that. So being able to see that at a glance is 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 quite helpful, and so that that will play a part in the post-COVID marketing campaign.
0: One of the airline specialities, but beacons and potentially using um, uh, yeah. that sort of sort of software around the airport. So I just would love to hear your thoughts.
1: It's something that you know you you hear it as a buzzword, you know, over the past yeah. years in the IT world, and so it came up again when we made the migration um, to Cheetah. So again, just uh, for people who are watching this, this gets included, is exactly. so that, we migrated to Cheetah in uh, 2018. So we've only been on the platform, for, for the sake of argument, for 2019. And so that 2019 has been sort of our learning curve and making sure that everything works with what we had previously. We didn't try to throw in the kitchen sink in that initial install because we're a small team, we have to pace ourselves. And so we want to make sure that what we have, the base foundation is understood and it greatly and then we can then add on these new stuff. Beacons is one of those things that we're hoping to take advantage of with the mobile app. So again, with the mobile app and the ability to push notifications to that app and to customer's device. You know, when we have the beaconing system, you know, somebody's in the Miami airport, as a good example. It's a, it's a large airport. As they're walking past the camera's counter, boom, they can get a ping on their phone that says, hey, you, you, you know, you're you in the counter. We can do different things like that. Um, We want to use the the app functionality a lot better to communicate with our, not just our loyalty customers, but our customers in general who want to download that. We find, and again, I'm going to jump back and forth to this one. One of the things we find as well in our industry in the Cayman Islands is that we do have frequent flyers who don't want to be a part of the frequent flyer program. They want to sign up they want to maybe take advantage of the the club, the lounge, and so one of the things that we developed was what we call the Sir Turtle Club and this is just it's a a paid membership that they sign up for that gives them the access to some of these benefits without actually being a part of the frequent flyer system and then there are those people who want to sign up for the newsletters and the communications but also don't want to be a part of the frequent flyer system. We took a step back and we decided that, you know, going forward, what we should do is use the exposed APIs that Cheetah offers. And we've, we've, we've used some of them now to build into our website and build a front end for the customers to access their data. So we know the APIs there, but it works really well. But so we want to build that into a full-blown mobile app that is geared to the loyalty members, but also geared to the non-loyalty members as well to, to, who want to use it and beaconing and then comes in quite handy there because then it's not just targeting loyalty members, but it's targeting anybody who happens to have the app on their phone and want to come over and say hi. Assuming we don't have a full line
0: of customers which is the board. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know a little bit more about Sir Turtle, because firstly, he, he is one of the coolest mascots I've seen. Secondly, he has a great name and the fact he's knighted is, is impressive as well. <laughs> Christopher
1: Columbus, when he discovered the Islands. Um, you know, saw turtles floating around, the island, I think he called it Las Tartolas, something along those lines. So the turtley, turtles have been a, a big part of our um, history and we actually have one of the few, if not the only um, turtle farm in the Caribbean that's designated to the um, well-being of turtles and returning them back to the wild and uh, conservatory and everything like that. So that being said, Um, A local artist back in the 60s by the name of uh, Susie Soto designed this turtle logo for the Department of Tourism and was sold for the price of $1 to the Department of Tourism. And in the, I guess, early 70s, um, as Cayman Airways became its own um, organization we adopted that logo and we added the, the, the scarf as the the airliner scarf to then become part of our logo. It is a cultural significance. It's it, seen there. Kids from there very young, are familiar with Sir Turtle. They see him on the airplane, you know, it flies over and they point at it and it's, it's quite a local phenomenon as that goes. So that is Sir Turtle for you in a nutshell
0: and he's knighted so you know good no i
1: tried to find out about the, the knighted and the serb but unfortunately I, I i didn't have access to information. i think he may have just been one of those fortunate persons who came out um knighted from the day he was born yeah
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> excellent well everton thank you thank you so much
1: all right guys thank you very much it was a uh, good talking with you and uh, thank you very much